Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. Hello, my beautiful, wonderful, supportive, enigmatic podcast fam. I want to let you know that I am officially taking on health coaching clients, and I would love to talk to you if you have ever thought about wanting to dial in and up-level your health. So you will get personalized access to me for three months at least. You can continue later if you want, but send me a message at Amanda underscore chills if you want to hear more. Can't wait to talk to you. By the way, you are going to love Elise. She is so sweet and you're just going to totally dig this episode. So let's dig in. What up, Root of Power podcast fam? So I have a woman from across the, well, two ponds, I guess. A pond if you go to the west and two ponds if you go to the east joining us. She is graciously working on our schedule so that we can film today, like, I don't know, eight hours apart. It's pretty awesome. So everyone say hello to Elise, who is the founder of Wholesome Mama, Hi. a community of like really dope moms. Pretty much that is what exactly what it is. Tell us about you. So I'm from Australia. Yes, as you can hear by my voice. Uh, I live with my husband and our two, almost three children. And in the last few years, I've been thrown into the depths of motherhood and sort of from that have created this brand called The Wholesome Mama because I wasn't loving the culture that the world was telling me motherhood was about, so I'm going to make my own. Can you explain? So I don't know what it's like over there, and I think from our conversations previously it seems to be pretty much the same, but the more of a hot mess, in quotes, (laughs) you are, the better at motherhood you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I just don't buy that. I, I I love that you're touching on that because two things. One, I do think it's a badge of honor to be frazzled and to say, oh, my God, I'm so busy, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, listen, nobody in this podcast is going to say motherhood is easy or being a mom is easy. Like, it's actually so hard I choose not to do it. So, like, that, that should tell you something. But the it's kind of like busy is a badge of honor, right? Like it's a similar thing. Like the more frazzled you are, the more overwhelmed you are, I think you're right, the better mom. And then something that I have seen that lead to, and I don't know if this is the same in Australia, but it's definitely an epidemic in the U.S. of kind of low-key mom alcoholics. 
who say it's wine o'clock or they even make those huge wine tumblers that say mommy's happy juice and it's like what so it's an epidemic here and I think it's something that's not talked about but I do think it's specifically marketed to moms as a way to relieve stress and relieve anxiety while the kids are asleep we drink wine and it's like i don't think a lot of people are talking about it but i don't know if you guys are seeing it over there too yeah it's big time uh it's a what coffee till nine and then it's wine oh so like oh that's just what i've heard before but it is it's so it's drink coffee until you can until it's acceptable to drink wine and then drink wine and get through your day. And that I think is so damaging. Yeah, so you created your Wholesome Mama brand to really change that narrative and say, now you have the most beautiful tagline and I'm gonna read it because people need to know. And it says, created the bland, bland. Hmm. okay, you're not bland, your brand, <laughs> as a platform and community for overwhelmed and exhausted mothers to find joy and encouragement and start to thrive and enjoy their life. Uh, I get like, like the feel goods just reading that. <laughs> it is, and it is a very feel good little tagline, but it goes into so much more than that because motherhood is messy and it is hard and stress does come every day with it but and every day is a new challenge um (laughs) but that's not to say that you have to be stuck in survival mode which I think is has become part of this motherhood epidemic Mm -hmm. is that so many women think that they have to be that they're just stuck that motherhood equals being stuck and when the kids leave home then maybe I can have my life again. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting 18, 20 years to have my life. Are you serious? Bless. Preach. Talk to me. Then <laughs> I'm wondering, so anyone who starts a business or radically changes their life comes to usually it's a series of turning points, right? But there's usually one where you're like, oh no like no like your soul just like crinkles up in your body and it's just like no what was that moment for you where you were like I am doing something like this is so bad I'm gonna literally create a brand to never experience this again so I think The first one, there's been really two. So the first one was after my son, who is our firstborn, was born. Maybe about four, when he was about four months old, I just was not loving being at home. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I wasn't loving being at home with him. Like I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum and we were so blessed and fortunate that we were able to make that work. But I didn't actually love home. I didn't like our house. It overwhelmed me. It frustrated me. It stressed me. It was always messy. There was always stuff everywhere. Uh, so through that, I then not fully decluttered, but I don't know what else was. Simplified. I simplified yeah. and got rid of the unnecessary crap. 
that was just lying around everywhere I decided okay if I'm if I'm going to be here I need to love my home I need to enjoy this this needs to be a place a haven for us Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was sort of that and then after my daughter was born she became really unwell and uh, went into hospital and she came out and about a month after she came out of hospital um, I realised that we were so close to losing her like we were within hours of losing her we didn't take her to the hospital when we did Um, and so then in my mind I just went all this like should have done this I should have done this and all that you you know Mm. you go down that cycle of yep Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then through that, I ended up with postnatal depression and um, PTSD. And so then it was really that journey of coming out of it and going, okay, what do I want life to be? I love that question. What do I, yeah, what do I, what do I really want for our family? Because I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want what we have right now. What What do I want? And what a powerful question. Yeah. Because I think it does start with just saying, oh, not this. Yeah. Not, not this. And then you say, uh, you know, automatically the next question is like, okay, well, if it's not this, what do I want? But it's such a, it's such a leap from asking yourself that to actually building it. So please continue. Totally, totally. Because, yeah, it is one thing to, you know, I'm just going to sit and journal about what I want my life to look like. You know, that's all well and, and good. Never and, do anything. and it's like, yeah. okay, I'll die miserable, I guess. Yeah, you can just close your journal, put it on your bedside table and never look at it again. Right. Um, and I through um, my journey had help with a psychologist and was seeing a counsellor and things like that because I needed um, the professional support to help with my mind and things like that. Uh, And then through that they gave me a lot of practical steps and um, things like a gratitude practice and becoming more mindful about my thoughts and things like that and learning that practical thing to when a thought comes to be able to almost grab a hold of it and say, no, thank you. No, thank you. No. I think of them as like, (laughs) I always think, do you you guys all have fraternities in Australia, do you? Okay. Have you, do you know what a fraternity is? Have you seen like any like popular culture? Like in college. Like in movies. Yeah. Like in college. exactly like legally blunt so I always think of those thoughts being said by like a frat bro where it's like god Amanda why don't you just do this thing while they're like shotgunning a beer and I'm just like ew Chad like go away (laughs) like I'm not here so that's just something I do I put it in like a frat bro voice and I'm just like (laughs) not for you yeah that's a really good way to to um be able to say no to it is to put it in almost this persona yeah. when I was saying it to you be like yeah, someone that I like me. hate I hate frat guys so yeah put it in whoever's voice you hate that you're like oh I would never take advice from you 
Well, don't take it from that particular voice in your brain. Yeah, so learning how to do that um, and then going, okay, what what are the things that I want and what do I need to do to get there? And really it just kind of started earlier in the year before the world went grey. Yeah. Um, sharing on I just started sharing on Instagram on um, Instagram stories and IGTV and that just um, what I was thinking and just motherhood my and I think just taking off the veil of um, it's almost like there's you have to have everything together or you have to be miserably falling apart ah so there's no in between there's no in-between. So I was kind of going, well, hang on, there is an in-between, and in-between is actually where I'm finding peace and harmony in our house and admitting that, yeah, some days it is a mess and my brain is a frazzled chaos thing that <laughs> I don't even want to think about. Yeah. And then other days, yeah, we do maybe have it more together and we have really good days and not shaming either of those but just going it's all balanced. Right. So you're um, able to, the way that I um, imagine that is being very fluid. So you're able to say, like, this is what I, this is what life is today and this is what life is maybe a couple days from now but this is what it was last week and, and the, it always balances itself out. But I think where people get stuck, and I think this is what you're speaking to, is that when people are so rigidly trying to be one or the other, that there's no room for the nuance or the adjustment. Yeah, yeah. And then there's no room for the things that just pop up. Right. Because, and particularly as a mum with kids, things pop up every day. And if you don't have the grace for yourself and also for your family in that situation, then, yeah, you are just going to end up in this pit of despair going, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't get out, I am stuck, it's too much, it's too hard. Now, sometimes that becomes people's identity, which can be very problematic as well because subscribing to a specific identity leaves no room for that nuance either so I'm wondering like do you have more women who are burned out from adopting the hot mess identity or from adopting the perfect mom identity uh, more women there are definitely some who everything has to be Instagram Instagrammable mm -hmm. um, but more of the women in the wholesome mama community that I speak with and the women that I help are more in the hot mess. Interesting. Um, I thought it would be the other way. Hmm. Me too. When I first started, I thought, oh, you know, help people strip back the filter or whatever and see. But then as I got going, I realised actually it's the opposite problem to what I thought. That's so many women are just in this, I just feel like a hot mess all the time, but that's what the world is telling me I'm, it's meant to be. Like, so that even if it's easy, perhaps, do you find that they, like, overcomplicate things just to fit that narrative? 
Yeah, hmm. totally. Over and overthinking, and you know, just not nothing can be simple. Almost, mm-hmm. you just go. Oh, actually, it it is simple, yeah. and it, it can be simple, and it's so much better when it is simple. Yes. Oh gosh, yes. Now, can you um having a daughter that had that significant health condition and share as much as you want. You don't have to go in in super detail if you don't want to. Um, but that can that breaks some families irreparably. I think I pronounced that word right. Um, irreparably, whatever. It breaks them so they can't come back together. How did you, as a family, get through it? Because that is something that breaks up a lot of relationships. Yeah, yeah, and it's certainly been tough. So she she was born premature, um, and thankfully everything was fine then. And it was when she was two weeks corrected. Um, so if she was born on her due date, she would have been two weeks old, but she was six weeks old. Um, and she just all of a sudden. In the morning, I kind of went, yeah, I just don't think she's right. She's just not right. She's not, yeah. she doesn't look, her colour doesn't look right. She looks like she's breathing a bit fast. Uh, we'll see. And by that afternoon, I was, like, calling my husband, you need to get home from work. I'm taking her to the hospital now. Like, and he's like, no, what? How can she go downhill that fast? She's got to be okay. And then we walked in, and I think the most traumatizing thing for us was we walked into the emergency room and the nurse from behind the counter saw us pointed us and said in here right now and within two minutes she was on breathing machines and wow like so it was very are we doing are we doing the right thing taking her is she really that sick do we really need to go to emergency oh she has a breathing machine down her throat Like so that like in and of itself, even if you have warning, but it sounds like they were so focused on saving her that they weren't like, well, by the way, we have to put a tube down her throat. They're just like, keep baby alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that was so traumatic. Yeah, so and I think that for us and particularly for me then coming out of it going, Oh my gosh, what like I should have known, I should have known that more yeah. um, you know doing the now I just roll my eyes at myself going well you didn't you did what you did and you're not a doctor you're not a nurse so you don't know and you did what you did and you did what you had to do and she's still alive so um but (laughs) and then walking through so she was in intensive care uh so all of a sudden and our son at the time we had our children our first two ridiculously close together uh he was 15 months old so he was still really a baby and we're yeah. all, all of a sudden finding ourselves with our newborn in intensive care, sedated, like unconscious, on a breathing tubes, everything, and then and having a 15-month-old. So calling the grandparents going, ah, oh, we need you to find your grandparents. Yeah. Trying to sort it all out. Um, so I think that really during that time we were just on adrenaline Mm-hmm. because we were just it all happened so quickly and we were just in survival mode doing what we had to do which is great yeah. because our body needed to function that way to get right. through um those two weeks yeah uh, and it wasn't until maybe a week after we came home 
<clears throat> sorry, it wasn't until a week after we came home that we kind of just, my husband and I were sitting on the lounge and went, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. What, actually what just happened? And so we we talked through it and I thought then that we had talked through it enough mm-hmm. um, for me and it wasn't till then about a month later that I just one day cracked um, and called our um, family nurse and said, I need help and I need help today because I want to leave the kids and run away. Yeah. Um, And thankfully she was amazing and talked me into, she's like, okay, pick up your son, put him in the car, pick up your daughter. Okay, now put the car on, put me on Bluetooth. So very like do this, then this, then this, then this. Yeah, how helpful. Yeah. And so, and she was like, okay, drive, drive and come and see me. And thankfully it was a week day that she was there. Um, And so then the hardest thing for us was then really me walking through the postnatal depression and my husband trying to understand that side of things. Because it's, I find that when I work with especially mothers, I um, it's so different. The dads, one, because men, especially in the U.S., are conditioned not to really process or feel or talk about emotions. So then when they have a a female partner who goes through something so traumatic and it's like, I need to emotionally process. I I have all of these emotions coming up that you probably haven't seen come up before because we haven't gone through something like this before. They're just like, oh, (laughs) what's going on with this? And it's, yeah, I find that a lot of men don't have a very good grasp on understanding. And then because most men are conditioned to help and there's so little that they can do other than just hold space for their partner, they feel very helpless. That's what I see. I don't know if that is what you guys experienced. It's very much, very much what we experienced. You're just saying that. I'm nodding here going. Yeah. 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 It's very hard for men because they want to fix it and they want to help. And it's like, I just need you to love me through this. And they're like, but that's not something tangible. What can I build you? (laughs) Yeah. And that that was what he said in the end, um, because we were talking and he's, he said, but I don't understand why you're having all these thoughts now. She's okay. She's alive. You're okay. We're all here. We're all safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, saying all the things that he thought I needed to hear, which, you know, were helpful he things. <laughs> and then in the end, he just, um, about a maybe two weeks into it, he just said, I just feel lost. I just feel lost at wow. now to help you because I can't help you and I don't like that I can't help you. And he almost felt like, yeah, that he, not that he'd failed, um, but he just felt really. But it does feel like a failure. Because yeah. taught that their job is to protect their wife or provide for her or whatever. Well, straight men. Um, but when you can't do that, because the only thing that, the only thing a partner can do in that scenario is literally just hold space for you 
it feels like they're not doing anything, but it's like you're doing so much just by witnessing what I'm going through and accepting it. Yeah. Hmm. And that, that was probably the hardest thing out of all of it was that part of the journey and him learning to, which I'm grateful now because he's learned to just, yeah. sometimes you just have to sit there and let Elise have a vent. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't yeah. Want you to, I don't want you to fix it. Right. I don't want to hear all your suggestions and your solutions and everything. I just want to vent to you for 10 minutes. Um, So that was, but that was a very much a learned process of him trying to pipe up and me just going, just listen, just sit and hold my hand or just. Yeah. Just exist and let me talk to you. Yeah. Just be, just be here. Yeah. Now, how is your daughter now? Does she have any like side effects or. Um, so what she had was she had a few viruses and one of them was um, bronchiolitis and some other respiratory things. Uh, and she just so we've just had our winter. We've just come out of winter and uh, we've actually just come into summer now. But um, coming out of winter, she was diagnosed with asthma, which you know, is a common thing. But um, for us, we still found it really hard to sort of know that because I guess for me really her being sick still kind of triggers me. It's still sure. Well, that would make sense. The first time she was very sick, she literally almost died. So every time, and it's always a breathing thing, so every time mm-hmm. was, so we were away on holidays yeah. and she had an asthma attack and we ended up back in the hospital. And I was just, why not again? So, yeah. So, <sighs> so all really of those fun. things led to you creating the wholesome mama now can you for people that don't know so I have a lot of clients who don't run a business online they have traditional jobs they do that thing um what does someone who like runs a community and builds a brand do like what do you do what do I do that is a question I ask myself very often um change the world change the world change the world one happy mama at a time so what I do though is I so I have a podcast so I just found with the um that was a very long-winded way of me going yes this is why I created my brand I actually love these stories I find that people so I'm a counselor and a, a health coach because I'm nosy is heck and I just want to like dig inside people's brains like a little mole and like dig around in there so yeah. I love it. your story beautiful to me oh, please right. go great um so I when I started sharing on Instagram and stuff things like I was getting a lot of messages from random women saying thank you that was really helpful uh and then I thought oh okay and then one day I was driving and I just thought I should start a podcast and make this into like a thing There's there's so many women out there who think that they are alone in whatever this issue is that they're struggling. Um, And for me, one of those particularly going through my journeys into motherhood was breastfeeding. I had a lot of problems with that. Hmm. Um, And any time I shared something, so many women would message me going, I thought I was alone in this. Thank you so much for sharing. 
um, because I think it's just not something that we talk about. Um, and so then I started a podcast and then a part of that I just started a Facebook group and then since then it's kind of just taken off. That's awesome. So how many women are in your community? Uh, so in the Facebook group at the moment, I think there's like 30-something. And so how do you, um, like if someone is like, hey, I like Elise, she sounds nice, I want to hang out with her, what do you do in the Facebook group? Also, uh, I'm also, I'm, also <laughs> I'm want to know. So I do uh, lives and Q&As and lots of posts and then also I have a lot of women prefer to DM and I guess it's because a lot of, um, particularly because I'm still very early on, I only launched this really in like August, so it's been like three, four months. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a lot of women, that I, I get a lot of DMs of women telling me their story, which I love. Um, it's just kind of starting to get hard to keep up with them all. Yeah, and it's overwhelming. Like there's a there's a reason that um, so like counselors when we come out of school we have a two year period called supervision, where we talk about taking on other people's stories and trauma. It can become very very overwhelming. Hmm. So yeah. If you want help with that? Let me know. Let you know. That is something I do. Um. <laughs> So you are interacting with all these women and sharing your own story and, and building a community. What is your hope and dream for this community? Uh, so I have, I'm actually creating at the moment a course. Oh, um, so cool. I know. It's a lot of work. Yes. My, brain, my yes. brain's just going like, I should do this and I should do this and I should do this. And I go, yeah. And I start creating. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is a lot of work. But yeah. I really feel that this is really going to help women. And I guess it's more of the, it's like the podcast, but on a much deeper personal level of how they can implement things into their home and into their life. So talk more about what you experienced um, becoming a mom and how the outside world, like, just what was becoming a mom like? Uh, so it's kind of, there's a lot of facets to, I guess, my story of becoming a mom. Um, so I have endometriosis. So I, from a very young age, was told, I was, I was like 17 when I was told that I'd probably struggled to have kids, it might not happen. Uh, and so I think then... third on the way. Yeah, hashtag don't always <laughs> take the doctor's word as solid. Sure. Because, yes, number three on the way, because joke's on us. Congrats, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um so that, but that was sort of something that I knew for me that I really wanted. Uh, so we had the kids a bit earlier than we planned, uh, earlier than all our friends. So we kind of felt really thrown in the deep end. Mm -hmm. um, so you didn't have your own community to go to. 
which I think makes it so much harder. So like, you'll have to tell me if this is true, but like the U S is such a like individualistic type culture that it really cuts people off from any support as well. And so things that should be a village should be a community like child raising end up very alone. And I don't know if Australia is similar in that like lack of community. Probably not by the sounds of it, probably not as much, but I also feel like I was not aware that there are definitely those things out there and available, but I've only found them now since becoming mum. I didn't know about them, you know, when I first fell pregnant or going through that first pregnancy or even through that first birth, like going through the first birth. We just went to the birth class at the hospital because we didn't know any different, like, and in the first birth I went, oh, yeah, I'll have the epidural, sure, because I didn't know any different. I just thought that that's what you did. Right. And they're not educating epidurals specifically. They don't educate women on and why it's problematic for giving birth. Yes. So, and then with my daughter, she just flew out too fast to even say the word epidural. So <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, I'm tired of being in here. Uh, I'm out. See you. Um, I just lost my train of thought. But, uh, but yeah, so then when I became, um, when I first had my son, um, we gave, I gave birth in this beautiful private hospital in our local town. So it was really, really nice. Um, and then when we came back home, we just kind of, again, looked at each other and went, um, they just let us leave with this human. <laughs> Remember, those were the words that my husband said to me when we were driving home. Uh, they just let us leave, and now we have to raise the baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so that was really kind of overwhelming going, you know, sure. you're, you're half. And I don't feel like all these women talk about how, like, beautiful bonded moments and, like, yes, my son was the cutest thing on the planet that mm-hmm. if I could say so. But I don't know that I was, like, super bonded to Mm -hmm. him. I feel like my now I totally am, but I feel like that has come with time for me. I didn't have that moment of him going on my chest and going like, oh, this is so beautiful. I went on my chest and I went, thank God that's over. (laughs) And I think that rhetoric like we talked about before is so damaging if you're outside of not even the norm because I don't think it's the norm to immediately bond with your baby like I think it's much more normal that it takes some time but so many people just make it up and they just decide that it's true and they're like you should have these beautiful moments and live for your kids and it's like first of all (laughs) no um but those ideals are not even realistic and then they're so shaming because the vast majority of people do not live up to them yeah and what happens when you know you don't you don't have that instant moment and I'm now on the other side going it's probably like women in their 30s and 40s who are looking back on that beautiful time with their babies like you got to say it in a better way than yeah. instantly bonding that doesn't happen or that rhetoric where it's like, yeah, motherhood just comes to you. And it's like, yeah. 
damn, does it? Because I've never met a mom who feels like they know what they're doing. Like, and lots of moms are, are, you know, it's very hard to be a very bad mom, but it's not really that hard to be like an okay mom. But there's so many women that are like, well, your kid's still alive, so you're doing something right. But they just feel like they're, I don't know if you experienced that, where you just are like, I'm doing everything wrong. I'm a terrible mom. I'm not up to this like cultural standard. Everything is a dumpster fire. Yeah. So that was pretty much 2019 for me going through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I was like, yeah, 2020 is going to be the best. Okay. Let's just stop making predictions. Ah. Let's just deal with what we've got. Let's make 2020 good anyway. 2020 um, will be here. <laughs> That's my prediction. <laughs> it's gonna 2021 come. 2021 will come. That's all oh, we got. That's all I got. No so, expectations. So how did you um, come to terms with reality? That you are a mom doing the best that you can? Uh, so really that, yeah, that's a good question. Really, though, through I think my breastfeeding journey, well, my attempt at breastfeeding journey. Um, so with my son, when he came home, all all we are told is breast is best, like don't even talk about formula, like you, you just have to breastfeed. Um, that's very much the culture that I feel is over here and I'm not sure what it's like in the US. I think it's similar here. Yeah, yeah, but um, for me, I'm ashamed for breastfeeding in public, so you know, well, yeah. it's a whole thing. You can't, yeah, you can't do either. So right. you can have your boobs out, like that's cool. We can have ads for Victoria's Secret everywhere, but how dare you use your boobs as they're intended feed a <laughs> to pet. nourish a child? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Patreon. Um, <laughs> so. Through through that, I ended up back in hospital with mastitis and just had a rough, rough time. So it happened three times in the first eight weeks I've had mastitis. And the last time, um, my supply actually completely died off. And So you're uh, just like, stop doing this. <laughs> they were like, you, this is killing us. Don't <laughs> stop, please. And I was just feeling sick because it is like you have the worst flu. And oh. It's awkward saying that in 2020, but that's what, like, my size, like, you just feel hot and achy and sick. Oh. Um, and so I was like, you know, no, but I have to, I have to keep going, I have to keep going, I have to keep going. And my husband was like, you are miserable, though, like, are you enjoying? Are you enjoying this? <laughs> no, no, but I have to keep going. Have to keep going. Yeah. Uh, and the doctors were saying, oh, "Yeah, we can give you this medication. It'll bring back all your milk and everything." And I just kind of went, "Do I want to do this? Yeah. Can someone? Can someone give me permission to not do this? Yeah. I'd really like permission to not have to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was out of that and trying to, I realised that I was looking for permission from anybody, if anybody could give me permission to yeah. 
feed with formula. I was all there. I just needed someone else to. And then I said, like, to myself, well, I'll give myself permission. <laughs> Love that. If, I, if it means that I'm going to be a happy mum, if it means my son is going to be happy, because the poor thing is hardly being fed. <laughs> and he's stressed because he's reading your energy. Totally, totally. So um, I actually yeah. love the giving yourself permission. So what you were, um, while you were talking, what I was thinking was, oh, my gosh, your body is so smart. Like your body shut it down because you weren't listening. It tried to tell you by like giving you mastitis three times and it was like, girl, please, <laughs> like you ain't listening so I'm just gonna shut it down. And that's something that I find bodies do so well is if we're not listening, they force us to listen, right? So one of the things that I tell people, and this is a side tangent then we'll get back on, about depression or a panic attack, is there's something that you need to deal with and you're not dealing with it. So either you need to deal with whatever you're having a panic attack over or depression shuts your body down because you need to rest. You need to go internal. You need to work some stuff out. So your body was like, this milk production is not for me, ma'am. And so it was just like, we ain't going to do it anymore. So I actually was thinking like, oh, my God, your body's so smart, which led to like you may not have ever given yourself permission had your body not shut off the milk supply. And so it really led to you saying, like, you know what? I do know what's best for my body. None of these experts know because they don't live in my body. And they're not, they didn't come from my body. So, like, I know what's best for them. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. And it actually reminded me, so my daughter who was born premature, when she, Mm -hmm. um, when I went into labour, they stopped it and then uh, she ended up being born anyway. Yeah, because your body uh, is smart. Because my placenta had calcified, so my placenta had died, uh, mm-hmm. and so she wasn't getting any nutrients. And so my body knew and she knew, I need to get out. Yeah. I need, I need to get out because I'm not getting what I need to get in here and I will get it out there. So I need to get our bodies. They are so smart. And we just. Which is why, like, really the majority of what I do is teach people to listen to themselves. That's really, that's really all I do. What is your body telling you? Hey, baby, get out. (laughs) Like, that's what your body's telling you. And so when we listen to other people over our own wisdom, we totally cut our own power and we are so powerful and so intelligent and so well designed and well run that like we always know what we need like you created this whole brand and community because you said exactly what your little girl did I'm not getting what I need in here and so I'm going to find it out there that's really the same thing is if you're creating it but you were like in tune enough to know like, oh, this, the, what I'm hearing and what I'm being given doesn't feel right. So I'm going to do something that feels good, which is beautiful. Like, yay. Thank you. That's yeah. I've never really stopped to be you being a counselor on me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I'm I've never dating me. 
<laughs> He's super lucky. He better be listening to this podcast. Or <laughs> he did. So for anyone who's not listening, um, Elise is in Australia, of course. So she, it's noon. When we started, it was noon your time. And it was eight o'clock my time. So it's it's uh, taco night because it's Tuesday when we're filming. And so we confirmed and I was like, oh, crap. Like I couldn't go to tacos because I had done it seven at night. And so I called David, who I'm the guy I'm seeing, who is a freaking gem, like adore him. And I was like, I can't go to tacos. Will you bring me tacos before eight o'clock? So he literally ordered tacos. Like my parents were going to join us. They went to eat because I couldn't go. This man rolled in at like 745 and was like, I brought you tacos. And oh, by the way, I went to the store to buy queso for you. And I was like, I'm going to die. So I was like, right? Like hand clap. So I was like shoving tacos in my mouth right before this. And it was great. That's just a story for anyone who's listening. That's it. That's a good guy. Yo, that's dedicated partner. Yeah, bring in tacos. And queso. Like, went to the store just to buy queso for tacos. Jim. So, if he's not listening to this podcast, he better be bringing me tacos. (laughs) So, there you go. So, we have this community. We have decided to follow your intuition for what feels good we're building all of these like women who are like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Like it, it doesn't seem right that it's this hard. And surprise, it doesn't have to be this hard. We just are funny little gremlins and we make things more complicated than they need to do. So if someone was gonna say, Elise, this rings for me. How do I simplify? Like what's one of the things that you find that moms find the most success in when they do this thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing, I guess the thing that I've had the most feedback from women um, saying that this has changed my life has been, and I guess it's almost like another permission thing to like give yourself permission to push reset, to go and give yourself, 5, 10, 15, if you can, minutes, and go and go and just reset. Go and I love that. wash your face, have a big drink of water, have a shower. I, if I need a reset, I sit the kids in front of the TV, put it on, and I go and have a shower for 10 minutes, <laughs> either just sing or How cry. How dare or you let your TV parent your children? I know it's terrible. You do that all the time. Don't let TV parent your children. Listen, if I want to yeet them out the window because they're screaming, you bet I'm gonna sit them in front of the TV for 15 minutes of quiet. Oh, I yeah. love that. Do you find that it often? Um, so a lot of like indigenous cultures will use water as a cleansing ritual. So I think it's funny that you mentioned water a couple times because that tends to like really stimulate and calm and retune our central nervous system. So you're like a shower person when you're like, need to recenter. <laughs> Let me just go into a hot shower and just breathe for a minute. And yeah. okay, all right, we can do the rest of the day. We've got yeah. this. And it's just oh, taking, that. taking that time to... Um, whether it's, you know, that you are losing it and you need to regroup in yeah. your 
because you're just that frazzled because we all do have those days when you've got two toddlers running around yelling at you yelling at each other tackling each other then tackling you yep and, you know yesterday my one-year-old came up to me and went mommy egg crash <laughs> and the eggs were all over the floor uh yeah egg crashed cool. and thankfully that was like early on in the day so like that wasn't too bad but it can be this layer of um you know like a coke bottle you shake it yes and then it'll explode so it's like every little thing is a little shake Ooh. and a little shake and a little shake and eventually the lid's gonna pop yeah so how about once it's been shaken a little bit, just go and reset, go and do something. And it doesn't have to be like 15 minutes if you can't find that time. I just find that if I can give myself 10, 15 minutes, I'm much better than just a quick yeah. two, five-minute break. I'm like, I think that I think that there's a lot of anxiety around taking that time too. Like most, don't at me people, most people can find 15 minutes like let's be honest about where we spend our time don't at me moms don't at me but like most people can find or create right hand your kid off to your partner when they get home do something most of the time where it's a, a bigger chunk of time than two or three minutes so you're right sometimes that's not enough time yeah yeah, and just say to your partner, and some people go, oh, but he's just come home from work and oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but you've been at home working all day, so, like, it's not, like, that don't fly in this house. Yeah, mm-mm, no, <laughs> you both do work. Thank you very much. He gets paid, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. So <laughs> you find that the biggest differentiator for women or the biggest like single thing they can do is take time throughout the day for themselves to decompress. Yeah. 100%. I love that. Now we are almost, we're at about 50 minutes. So we have talked a lot about this wonderful community. You have lots of lovely insight. How do people say like, she's so cool. I want to hang out with her. Like, where do they find you? Uh, so the community is on Facebook. So if you just search the Wholesome Mama community, uh, you'll find it there. And then the podcast is the Wholesome Mama Show. M-U-M-M-A, right? M-U-M-M-A because... The Australian way. Australian way. <laughs> Do you have people from mostly Australia? Or are they, like, everywhere? Uh, so the podcast, the... It's pretty well split between Australia and the U.S. Awesome. It's actually really funny because I thought, oh, yeah, no, Australian, 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 and then a lot of people that I hear from are in the U.S. I want an international travel to come back so I can, like, come and see people. Right? Wouldn't that be fun to hold, like, a, what do they call them, pop-ups or meetups or, I don't know, something. So they can find you on the podcast or on Facebook. What is something you want to leave our podcast fam with? Uh, I think it wasn't going to be what I originally thought, but just if you are waiting to give yourself permission for anything, here it is. 
here's your permission. So I love it. So print out a little permission slip and be like, <laughs> Elise said so. Yeah. And just give it give it to yourself um, because you don't have to. I think it's time that we stop waiting for other people to tell us that something is okay or yes. to go ahead with something that it is inside you. So you have the full ability to go and do go and do what you need to do. You know what you need to do. Please repeat that. Because it's good. I don't remember what I said. Something about you know what you need to do and give yourself permission to do it. Yeah, so. There we go. Don't wait for anybody else to give you permission. Give it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you know what you need to do and it is already inside you the ability to do that. So go and do it. Love it. Go and do it, fam. Okay, Elise, so you can find her on Facebook or the podcast, The Wholesome Mama. Now, you're also on Instagram because I tagged you yes. on Instagram as well. So, at Wholesome Mama. Yes, yeah, M-U-M-A, M-M-A. M-U-M-M-A. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for, do first of all, doing back-to-back interviews. I appreciate you. And... Just, you know, dropping this knowledge on our people. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. It has been fun. Y'all, I told you Elise was just such a sweet woman. So for all of my moms out there, I want you to absolutely check out her Instagram and Look into her stuff and what she offers. You know, the more support that people have, the more community that people have, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? So go check her out. Let me know what you thought of the episode. What do you think about mom culture that's happening right now? What's good and what's problematic? Like, give me the tea. All right, y'all, be good.